Oh, hey, you are listening to the Therapist Evolved podcast. I am your host, Chastity Holcomb, a fellow therapist and your new favorite gentle challenger. Much like you, I was sold on the therapist dream of feeling a private practice, but it turns out it ain't all what it's cracked up to be. I mean, hello? I knew I needed a different business model because I wanted more time, I needed more space, and I wanted more income and impact freedom. So I decreased my therapy caseload by turning my private practice expertise into a thriving community. I learned a lot about online marketing, sales, and what it takes to lead a curated community and enroll high-ticket clients into my coaching programs. And on this podcast, I'm letting it all hang out and sharing it all with you so that you can decrease your therapy caseload with a sustainable high-ticket group coaching program too. Let's get started, shall we? So you have identified a niche to work with in your private practice. You love them. You love working with them. You have developed this sense of mastery inside of your private practice. Um, And you want to continue to work with those clients. But you're wondering, how can you ethically serve your niche that you worked with in your private practice in a coaching capacity? If you have been wondering that, I think I have some answers for you today. I'm so excited for us to jump into this topic as I think it's going to be very insightful in helping you really separate your therapy niche from a coaching niche. Um, And this will kind of prepare you and um, give you the confidence you need in order to jump into coaching. Um, If you are new to me, my name is Chastity Holcomb. I am a therapist here in Texas. I'm also a business coach for other therapists, helping them build and create sustainable and profitable communities by creating and launching a 3K or more group coaching program. Now, I'm really excited about this because I think that... uh, Figuring out how to separate coaching from therapy is what prevents therapists from getting into coaching in the first place. We have this very deep allegiance to um, our license. We have a very deep allegiance to all of the things that we work very, very hard for in order to build our private practice, right? We've gone through the trenches, okay? And we've built our private practice and we have identified exactly who we want to uh, work with. Now, for some people, um, I see therapists falling into one or two categories. One category is they have identified, um, they built their private practice based on who they knew they wanted to work with. So from the get-go, they started out working with a very niched population. The other side that I see some therapists falling into is they start their private practice not with a very kind of concise and uh, niche down uh, niche. (laughs) Um, Let's see how many times I say niche in this uh, live stream. Um, But somewhere along the way, they figure out who their people are, right? Like who they work best with, whether that is couples, whether that is teens, whether that is moms, professionals, whatever it is. Um, I happen to fall into the first category. I knew that when I started my private practice that I was going to be helping moms and I knew I was going to have to do something with anxiety. As I was in my practice, I started to realize that who was gravitating towards me were moms who had a history of trauma, whose anxiety was agitated after having their first child. Um, and so that's pretty much the niche that I had, working with those moms who had anxiety with a uh, history of trauma. Loved it because I was able to help them through uh, their trauma and processing that through EMDR. Now, I also knew that I wanted to build an online coaching uh, community. But I can't really, you know, 
be helping people through trauma in a coaching capacity, which you shouldn't be, right? To remain ethical, to remain within the guidelines of our state board, wherever you live, um, there needs to be a clear um, separation between, you know, what you do in therapy and what you do in coaching. So I knew because I was heavily working with clients with trauma and I was heavily working with uh, anxiety that I needed to kind of judge up my my community coaching uh, sort of my business. I needed to do that in order to remain ethical. So I went through a couple of stages, a couple of thoughts. Um, ultimately, how I help my clients and evolve, go through and picking out their niche is, is what I did. I came up with this formula, I call it the niche filter, that allows you to really separate the two. Um, because in order to show up confidently, we need to know what we're doing first. And I think that's what holds a lot of therapists back is that they just don't know how to do it. It's not the thing of once you're once you're told or once you kind of have the roadmap of the process in order to walk you through it that you, you know, you'll go off stray. It's just like, I just don't know how to do it, right? So there, that fear, it, like I've said it before, that fear really keeps a lot of therapists back. And I don't want that to be you. I don't want you to, to have the fear of, you know, dipping your toes into therapy while you are coaching your people. I don't want that to hold you back because it's possible and I'm living proof of that. And so it's not this like thing that's in the guest world and, you know, nobody's doing it. It's something that can be accomplished and it can be accomplished ethically, responsibly, so that you and your clients are doing that. I was kind of teaching on the niche filter, what I was mentioning earlier, and we were talking about how similar therapy is from coaching, uh, similar it is to coaching rather, in the sense of a lot of the ways that we help our clients reach a common goal or reach a certain kind of awareness or awakening um, is through um, kind of the same kind of guidelines. But there is a very distinct difference in while Coaching, while therapists can and probably do coaching already, coaches should not be doing therapy. Even if you are a therapist who knows how to do therapy, you should not be doing therapy. What I mean by therapy is like processing thoughts, feelings, history of trauma um, in order to move your clients to the goal of your program. Um, as a coach, your position is to help them is meeting them where they are right now, not necessarily going to the past and helping them kind of process where they've been. Um, this helped me a lot with being able to distinct the two um, and feeling confident in coaching. And I give you the kind of step-by-step -step formula and roadmap to be able to do that so you have more of a confidence when it comes to doing that. So here are kind of like the steps that I want to kind of talk you through. And one of the things is having a structured program um, that is based off of a really hardy, comprehensive curriculum allows you to stay out of the seat of a therapist. It gives both you and your clients guidelines of this is what's appropriate for us to discuss here and this is not. I think it is very dangerous for therapists to go into the realm of coaching without any structure. You know, you show up to the calls and you're like, well, what do you want to talk, to talk about today? Or, you know, you show up to the calls like you do in therapy. Whatever comes up, we, we go on that journey and it's beautiful in therapy, but it can be very chaotic in coaching because that makes you feel like, mm, I don't know where to go. And our instinct is to go to processing, right? So a structured curriculum allows you to both 
lead and guide your clients in a very kind of processed framework way, um, you want to see them get to a goal. In therapy, the goal, we do outline goals, but sometimes we take detours, necessary detours in order to get them ultimately to where they want to be. But in coaching, you have a very defined and outlined goal. And being able to come up with your niche is not just about you know, who is it that I want to work with? I want to work with moms, right? Um, I just want to work with couples. That in itself is not a niche. Your niche is a combination of who you serve, how you serve them, what specific method you use in order to deliver them to the transformation that they're seeking inside of your program. And so having what I call that service statement that piles all of those things together, having that in combination with a structured curriculum and outline allows you to have the confidence that you need in order to stay in the seat of a, of a coach. Once those things are outlined, you can show up as free as you want to. I remember, um, you know, because I had my curriculum set out and I had it structured in a way that people could kind of move through the, through the curriculum, coming to coaching calls, uh, hint coaching calls, right? And so people would come. Now, I know a lot of therapists who, you know, have similar had similar business models that didn't necessarily, um, they didn't have their calls be, they weren't structured the way minds were because they were afraid of, right, jumping into this kind of realm of therapy. But I knew because I had such a tight knit curriculum, I knew and I had a framework to coach my clients through their change. And so when people would show up to calls, I wasn't anxious. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't sweating bullets thinking, oh my Lord. I'm about to mess this up. I'm about to do therapy. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that, right? Freaking out. No, I had a plan and that plan started with my tight curriculum. So first, I mean, yes, like being able to identify that curriculum, I'm sorry, being able to identify your niche beyond just, you know, the, the type of person that it is you serve, but on into the details of how you serve them specifically, um, what it is that you are solving for them. That's number one. And having that separate from therapy, just making sure that you're not, it doesn't involve any process of their past, any process of any previous trauma that happened. How can I meet you where you are today and get you to a goal that you want to go to in the future, right? Therapy says we can go back there and we can go forward, but coaching should only meet the person where they are and then move forward from there. So once you have that niche, you build your curriculum to make sure that your um, your program, program is effective in moving them through um, their journey and whatever transformation that needs to take place inside of your program. So the reason why this is, again, effective because it helps you while you're in it, while you're doing the coaching, while you have the community, while you're facilitating the calls, facilitating the change, you need to be able to know for sure, I'm a coach here, I'm a therapist in my private practice, right? That niche, that curriculum, and I'll add just you know another one, that would be that separation of processing. So the processing might look like, um, you know, doing EMDR, doing, um, I'll take my membership, for example. So in my private practice, again, I was working with anxiety um, and I was working with trauma. In my membership, um, in my online community, I was talking about identity. I was talking about self-awareness 
and I was talking about having boundaries with their time. So basically that was a combination of all of the things that I felt like, you know, my, the people that I was serving that, that got the best out of my program, the things that they needed to do. Now, gaining self-awareness, gaining boundaries, learning how to communicate what you need and advocate for yourself, that doesn't require any processing. That doesn't require me to go back and say, now tell me, how difficult was it for you to experience X, Y, and Z? Tell me more about that. Keep going. Let's hang out there a little bit, right? That didn't require any of that. I was meeting them where they are, and for a lot of the moms, they felt like their identity had been hijacked from them completely just snatched up. And so we needed to build that awareness. And so building a community and a curriculum around that made me feel very confident in my ability to move forward with coaching instead of just kind of hoping and second guessing and feeling confident and then making decisions that would not benefit the pre the people that were in my community, right? Again, going back to that thing about fear, sometimes we can make these premature decisions because we think that you know, oh, if I if I offer coaching calls, then I'm going to end up doing therapy. But what if you're what if you can and I'm, I know you can. What if you could effectively coach someone through change um, and you don't have to do it in therapy? That that's probably what they need the most. Right. They need that guidance, that feedback, someone saying, hey, like, how can we get you to step forward? How can we get you to trust yourself to move forward? Um, what we don't want to have is like this disconnect, especially when you are um, creating a high ticket group coaching program. The one that I teach you how to structure and, and market and sell is that we are not in the game of being completely distant and isolated from from what's happening with our with the folks in our program. We want to be in it with them. And so in order to be in it with them, you need to be equipped to do it ethically. Right. You don't want to just you know, start canceling things out of your program just because you don't feel confident enough to do it. Bring yourself up to the confidence by practicing and learning what it is you need to learn in order to move forward. Don't let fear hold you back from doing something that ultimately your clients need, right? Especially, especially if you are charging a premium price. Now, if you know, you're talking about doing a workshop or you're talking about doing a course, or you're talking about, you know, doing kind of those one-off lower ticket, not necessarily as involved, possibly you don't have to learn about how to do coaching. But if you want to charge according to the value that's in your program, you want to go deep with your people, you want to see them through a transformation, then this is the key. Being able to separate your therapy niche from your coaching niche and being able to show up confidently in your ability to do that. So those are pretty much the things. I know I kind of threw th three things in there for you, but I think that you know that's what helped me feel confident and extending that to you for you to feel confident in your ability to do coaching. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this <laughs> without being unethical and um, without having this kind of lack of confidence or not offering what's actually needed for your people to move through um, their solution without feeling like you're, you're doing something wrong or you're doing it off basis, right? So again, that niche, that structure curriculum and that separation of processing versus meeting goals, um, specific and identified goals inside of your program. So I hope that this 
episode was very helpful in helping you kind of think through what it what needs to happen, what's required in order for you to separate those two. Thank you so much for listening to the Therapist Evolve podcast. I mean, we always have the best conversations, don't we? So why stop here? If you're a private practice psychotherapist who's ready to decrease your therapy caseload with a sustainable coaching business model, I think my program Evolve has a seat with your name on it. This program is a robust system that allows expert therapists just like you to create and launch a 3K or more group coaching program. Apply for Evolve by going to chastityholcomb.com backslash evolve or clicking the link in the description once you apply you'll receive an exclusive training on three critical steps you must take to decrease your therapy caseload without jeopardizing your income find out which step you need to focus on most by applying for evolve today and i cannot wait to chat with you more about how evolve can support you and your business all right darling chat with you soon